Welcome into the Wild Sports Podcast. I'm your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We've got a fantastic episode for you. Sorry we took the week off last week. It was just a busy week with post-six and jubilee days and all sorts of stuff going on in Cheyenne and in Casper up here. So glad to be back with you. Glad to be talking to you, coming through on your car speakers or in your headphones or however you want to call it. We're going to have a little bit of a shorter episode today here. We're going to talk about UW's non-conference football opponents coming up this fall. There are four of them, first four weeks of games, all non-conference opponents for the Pokes. So we'll run down some of those, talk about the games that we find most intriguing from those four matchups. And then we're going to try in the coming weeks here to have somebody on who covers one of those teams, coaches one of those teams, something from one of those teams previewing those games coming up ahead this fall. So we'll get into that. We'll also, it was a, it was an exciting all-star game week, MLB all-star week of festivities, home run derby on Monday. One of my favorite events every summer, usually go to B-dubs, get a bunch of wings, sit down and, just watch home runs on all of the TVs, just pinging back and forth. Each screen I look at, different way that a home run ball seems to be landing. And then there's the All-Star game on Tuesday, and it was kind of a snoozer, a little bit of a snoozer, not going to lie. Shohei Otani let us down in both the home run derby and the All-Star game, or at least let me down. I don't know what Robert's expectations were, but – Kind of cool. Hope somebody out there listening actually made it down to one of the festivities. Would have been a good week to do that over at Coors Field. Wish I could make it down to Coors Field this weekend for the Dodgers in town as well. Looking forward to that series. Hopefully Cody Bellinger is playing for the Dodgers. He seems to kill the Rockies every time he shows up in Denver. I don't know why that might be. But first, Robert, how's it going, buddy? It's going great, Mr. David Graff. Um, would be going better, maybe a little bit better, if Shohei Otani came through and won me some cash um, in the home run derby. You know, I thought he was going to pull it out, and he did not. He did not. Uh, he was. He, I think he was a little. He's a little phased by the moment. He was a little. He was under some pressure. His all, uh, all what his first like seven hits just went right down the first baseline. And yeah, I don't know. Put a little bit of a wager on Trevor Story. I thought maybe the hometown hero would do some do some work, but no. Shout out to Pete Alonso though. Pistol Pete back to back. 35 first round home runs. It's just impressive. Pete Alonzo is something else. We'll get into that more here coming up in the podcast. But right now, let's let's dive in to the non-conference opponents, UW. They start the season against old friend Brent Vegan, 
now at Montana State. Montana State's going to make the trip down to Laramie. And then the Pokes will travel to Illinois to take on Northern Illinois University, come back to Laramie, take on Ball State in week three on September 18th. And then September 25th, on a game that we were surprised to see, is on national television, CBS Sports Network. They go to Stores, Connecticut for the Mighty Huskies. And they're elite, elite FBS independent college football program. (laughs) I can't even say that with a straight face. But they will play the Huskies, who are certainly an interesting football program. Right off the bat, the most interesting of those four games is obviously Montana State. It's just because of the Brent Vegan picture. Brent Vegan coming down to face his mentor, I guess you would, in Craig Bowl. I don't know if he would corroborate whether or not Craig Bowl was his mentor. I'm sure he would have glowing things to say about Coach Bowl. But that that's gotta be one of the one of the games this fall that everybody has circled on the calendar, not just because it's opening opening kickoff for the season. I if that game was in November, I think it would still be one of the games that everybody who loves the University of Wyoming and the football program would be very intrigued by, don't you think, Robert? Yeah. Uh of course, everyone, you know, there's a lot of mixed emotions and mixed feelings about Vegan and his time spent here running the offense or whatever. Uh, a lot of people were, let's say, what percentage of people would you say were glad he left? Uh, 80? I don't know. 90? 100? I don't think it's quite 100, but it's really close. <laughs> but regardless, uh, that might that might just be the toughest game for non-conference, non-conference tough, toughest game out of the non-conference opponents, right? Um, Montana State, you know, the, I don't know. It's not UConn. Uh, I don't know about Northern Illinois, even though they battled last time. But Of the four opponents on paper, I would say Ball State, is probably the toughest of the four opponents, but I think the toughest game very well could be that Montana State game. Montana State's got a good squad. No matter what your feelings are in terms of Brent Vegan, he certainly knows how to work with quarterbacks and is good at developing them. And before Vegan got there, they had brought in this kid named Matt McKay, who was a transfer, is a transfer, from NC State, and Montana State is well-rested. Well-rested after not playing in the fall of 2020 or in the spring of 2021. So they're going to be firing to go. And I wouldn't be surprised to see quite a few faithful from the Big Sky State make the trip down to Laramie and help fill in the seats that Poke fans don't take up over at War Memorial. I... I think that game is it's going to be really exciting and it's going to be like Montana State's Super Bowl especially with Vegan on the sidelines. You're you spent time up there up north. Um you're obviously a lot more familiar with Montana State and their football program than I am. So um 
know, there are some high expectations for Montana State this year. Is, are they are they going into Laramie? I know everybody, you know, they're everybody's confident, but are they going into Laramie thinking, uh, maybe believing that they're going to win? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Especially oh, yeah. with Vegan, they probably think that they have this added edge. In the 2019 season, the last time that Montana State played, they opened their season against Texas Tech, and the final score did not look like it was close, but Montana State played them pretty close for most of the ball game, and it, I think it was a wake-up call for Texas Tech, but they never really woke up. They kind of limped through the rest of the season, but I think it, this is going to be one of the toughest, toughest hills for the UW football team to climb because Vegan was in the UW locker room and was there for a lot of battles and imparted a lot of wisdom on these kids who play on the offensive side of the ball. So I know that there are probably mixed emotions in terms of a lot of, a lot of guys, when you get recruited to a school, you think that this coach is going to be there the whole time. Maybe now, you have a better understanding that it's a business and guys are moving around all the time, but vegan had been there forever. So you're not necessarily thinking like, Oh yeah, he's going to jump ship. So there's certainly going to be motivation on UW side. I think that we might see a little fierier than normal Craig bowl, you know, hopefully a warm, hopefully the be- fingers crossed the beginning of September is warm in Laramie this year. You never know here in Wyoming, but Montana state has a good football team. They graduated a bunch of their best guys on the defensive side of the ball, but with their biggest problem in 2019 was that they did not have a quarterback. They were quite literally playing kids who their reason for being behind center was that they could catch a shotgun snap. That was it that was quite literally it. They had no real quarterback on their roster. They have this kid named Troy Anderson, who is an absolute beast. He's a monster. And he comes in, he's like Cam Newton sized. And he was their best quarterback. And the reason he was their best quarterback is because he would just take shotgun snaps and run right or left, run right or left. He rarely threw a pass. He was like Tim Tebow, I guess. He's a maniac, and he'll be looking to put a lot of good stuff on tape in the hopes of getting drafted into the NFL after the season. I know that. I know that the Bobcats are going to be juiced to come down to Laramie and play this game. What What do you make of the other three games, though? Well, besides... uh. That Montana State game, it has to be Ball State that provides the most competition. Um, reigning MAC champs, they defeated San Jose State in the Arizona Bowl, uh, being pretty heavy. They gave him a pretty good beating. So that's going to be a tough task for Wyoming, you know. Um, I know it's going to be. It's going to be at home, right? Uh, so that one's in Laramie. Yeah. So at least Wyoming doesn't have to go on the road. The Cowboys don't have to travel for that. But uh, Ball State's bringing back 
Drew Plitt, their uh, second team All Mac um, quarterback, and he, I saw that he was in the top twenty-five in uh, passing uh, completion rate, um, completion percentage, and I saw he was also bringing back some quality quality wide receivers who pretty much were the main targets, the main weapons uh, out there for him. So who knows? It it looks like it's going to be a a task for the Wyoming secondary in that contest. Uh, Nice early, early season, um, early season challenge because – you know, just because it's the Mac, you love watching that late night Mac football too. So, uh, just because it's the Mac, you know, there's no reason these guys have got to be overlooked. I think they had a really great season last year too. Uh, I don't, like I just said, they beat San Jose State in the Arizona Bowl. Uh, they're, they have the co-defensive player of the year, Brandon Martin, from last year. Mac co-defensive player of the year. So these guys, uh, that might be – that's going to be a tough game for Wyoming. Is that going to be one of their four losses? I think Cats thought that that was going to be a loss for sure. Ball State, expectations are high. I don't think they get high at Ball State very often. But I remember reading a piece that they 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 want to they want to make a run this season. They believe they have the squad to make a run this season. So it'll be intriguing. I certainly think that UW could match up well with them. UW, the way they play defense, is always difficult for every team, especially a non-conference team who's not quite used to the the defensive style, the run the ball chew up the clock style that the pokes have so i think it's a huge boon that that game is in laramie that's going to be perhaps a major difference maker in that game but we shall see we shall see i think anytime you have to go on the road against a team like northern illinois no offense to yukon that that should be a blowout that should be a blowout. But Northern Illinois could be a tricky game. Yeah, and Ball State lost one game last year. It's the first game of the season to Miami, Ohio. So they're coming in on a seven-game winning streak and a trampling of the reigning Mountain West champions. Yeah. The upstart San Jose State Spartans, led by the mighty Nick Starkle. Nick Starkle, yep. And they beat Buffalo in the MAC championship. Buffalo was good last year. Buffalo I remember, was right? Really good, really good. Ball State was two plus touchdown underdog in that man in that MAC championship game. So they know how to win. Well, I hope you to- bet the money line. <laughs> I wish, dude. I wish. I wouldn't have to work if I had bet that money line. They were like plus 
360 or something. Ridiculous. And I had B-dubs for days. And I had enough Chick-fil-A money to retire. You talked about B-dubs a couple times. What is your favorite? I know you go. I know they have one in Casper. Isn't it new? Isn't it fairly new, the one in Casper? Or I don't know. I don't know. So quick B-dubs Casper story. Once upon a time, I stayed in Casper with my dad after a trip to Yellowstone. And I remember the B-dubs was in a different location than oh, the maybe one that's that what currently I'm is. So I don't know if maybe it closed and they opened another one. Someone else has some insight into that. Please share. But yeah, the B-dubs is, you know, it's right down the street here. And what is your favorite flavor of, of wings? wings? I, I always At- just get medium. Like medium, a little, huh? little hot, little little spice, little spice for me. That's about it. What about you? What are you, are you a garlic parmesan guy or mango habanero? Mango That's habanero. Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh my goodness. This guy likes to just catch on fire. Just on yep. fire. I think it's I think it's the Hispanic in me. <laughs> the Munoz. I don't know. I don't know that. That's like a really hot flavor, though. Do you, are you drinking water? Are you drinking beer? You got a milk? Cold. You got a milk? No, no, no. Got a beer and a and a water. You know, you need both. Got to stay hydrated when you're drinking, anyway. That's fair. That's fair. Other B Dub story. One time at B Dubs in Cheyenne. My car just got freaking tanked in the parking lot there. So I haven't gone back to that one since that. Well, and the person's defense, uh, that's not a good parking lot. I don't, I'm sure there have been plenty of accidents there. <sighs> Dude, that, park far that, was away. Like, that was like in the first couple of months that I'd moved to Wyoming and three different people hit my car in parking lots. Like, after that, it just it just ruined driving a vehicle for me. So maybe you were the problem. Maybe your parking was no. Definitely one of them was somebody was drunk. At least one of them. I watched it like with my own eyes in the Qdoba parking lot in Laramie. I just like watched it and was so another. That one was another just, awful parking lot. That is an awful parking lot. That like, and somebody just clipped my car and drove away, and I watched the whole thing occur, and I was like, "Really, really, really, seriously, man? Oh well, oh well. I have a new car now, so no, no nicks on this car yet. At least so far, it's been about a month. Had the Subaru about a month." No nicks on it. I guess you just have to drive a Subaru. People respect Subaru. They don't respect Nissan. No respect. (laughs) Well, we'll get more into these non-conference opponents as the weeks go on here, I'm sure. Dive deeper and deeper into each one each week, but also try to have some people on that live eat, sleep, breathe those teams, whether they're covering them, playing or coaching for them as well. Because, yeah, I don't know a lot about the current state of 
University of Connecticut football. I I mean, I know that it's lackluster. The days of Dan Orlovsky are long gone in stores. Long, long, long gone. I, I, I actually enjoyed UConn uh, football growing up. Well, let's move Yeah, to and I think Campbell Derby. Walker was probably <laughs> – Kemba Walker was the go ahead, downfall. Go ahead. Moving along. Kemba, Kemba hot take from Robert incoming. Kemba Walker was the downfall of the UConn football program. Next on the wild. No, Sports I was going to say Kem- Kemba Walker is like one of my uh, favorite college college ball players. Yeah, I mean he he was a wizard, a wizard at UConn. Man, good times. All right, we move on to the Home Run Derby specifically, as, and we'll talk a little All-Star game as well. But the Home Run Derby is where the true action is every week, every year at the All-Star game. That's the most exciting thing going on, in my opinion, because usually in the All-Star game, you get five to two games like you did this year. Like, eh, not terribly thrilling. Vlad Guerrero's home run, I guess, was thrilling. That's about it. Jared Walsh's dive, I guess not diving, sliding catch in left field, spoiling what would have been a tie ball game for sure. Anyways, all right, home run derby here. Who were you most excited to see going in? Was it Trevor Story? It was definitely Otani. I mean, I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be smacking them. On to I-25, I thought they were going to be just insane. thought the ball was going to be flying at course Field. So I think a lot of people were feeling the same way. He was obviously – he was the main talk of the weekend or uh, the couple of days, I should say. Um, and I think some people were a little disappointed in the way he performed in the derby, but – I just think he was a little nervous. It's a big stage, and there were there are a lot of people who were uh, they had they had some money on him. I don't doubt that there are a lot of people with money on him. He he looked nervous, but also the key to the home run derby is you have to have a good thrower. Your guy who's throwing the pitches has to be throwing true prime cut Italian meatballs. Like he can't be mixing in a little twister every one, every now. No, they have to be like, that's the thing about Alonzo. His guy just, he lays, he lays them up on there for a, on a silver platter. It's unbelievable. Jeremiah actually showed me this tweet that had uh, a photo of Alonzo's pitches, and they were all just right there, right in the middle, right. I mean, perfect. Couldn't have been any better. Yeah, as much as Pete Alonzo has been training for the home run derby his whole life, his thrower, I get it, it same pitcher, I guess, his pitcher, he's been training for this his entire adult life. He has it down to a science. Like if you're competing in any upcoming home run derbies, make sure you watch the film of the pitcher 
of Pete Alonzo's pitcher. I know Pete Alonzo's approach is great and everything. He seems to never get tired of watching himself hit home runs. I wouldn't either if I was hitting him as far as he did. But Otani's pitcher just all over the map. Therefore, Otani could never they, get in a group. Did, did they say who Otani's pitcher was? Because you know they usually say. Uh, no, I was I I didn't so watch. So. I had the volume really low. I had the volume really low. I was trying to explain the rules to Emily, so she was oh, curious okay. how the the timed format worked. And I was like, I don't really know. I just kind of sit down on the couch and they start throwing balls and balls start going everywhere. But it was it was interesting. In another minute. Yeah. It, yeah, they kept saying an extra 30 seconds. I, I was very confused by that. Because does everybody just get an extra 30 seconds? Is that now the rule? Everybody just gets 30 seconds after the no, three you, minutes? You, it, uh, is you have to hit it over, um, what was it, 500 feet or something? And you get the extra time. Well, something. I think or, everyone gets that 30 second bonus round because they pull out those special golden ticket baseballs that look like they're the ones that you like buy at the gift shop to commemorate a special event. And then I think you get an extra 30 seconds on top of that if you hit one beyond 475 feet. Is it 475? Yeah, 475. Because that's a mammoth blast. Like 475 feet. That's further than a football field. Like way further. There were plenty plenty that uh, cleared 500 and even 510. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Trevor Story had one five eighteen. Little little old Trevor, little old Trevor Story. I mean, what a machine! It's gonna be. A I sad think my thing favorite part go. was when. I think my favorite part was when Nolan Arenado walked out onto the field and got the chorus filled crowd pumped up for Story during his timeout. That made me that made me really happy. My favorite part was when. I thought the fix was in for Trey Mancini to win. And as somebody who put $10 on Trey Mancini to win, I was very thrilled. I thought Trey Mancini was, <laughs> I thought he was going to upset Pete Alonzo. And then I realized very quickly that Pete Alonzo was, he, if he was part of the fix, he decided not to go along. He wanted to win the thing himself. When they kept mentioning on the broadcast that he would get a million dollars, for winning and he only makes $660,000 for the whole season. I'm like, dang, I don't think he's going to let him win. I don't think he's going to let Trey Mancini win. Not when he's got more, almost double his salary coming in tonight. If he wins. (laughs) It's amazing. There's people in Orioles gear, just high-fiving people in Mariners gear and, good time to bring the fans together everybody even dodgers fans were uh, getting some high fives wow wow that's big time at coors field that's wow well i i don't really know what more you can say about the home run derby it's just guys hitting balls ridiculously far 
distances that you can only dream of. I can barely the run best, that far in a sprint. Do you think that's the best event uh, out of all professional sports? Um, and they're all-star games, all-star weekends, whatever. Do you think the Home Run Derby is the best event out of all of them? Is a slam dunk contest? Uh, I don't think the slam dunk contest has any juice anymore. Not, not like it used to be, huh? I mean, Cassius Stanley was in it this year. Anthony Simons, like who? I know who those guys are, but like, if you're a casual NBA fan, you're like, who in the world is this? At least in the home run derby, you know the guys who are participating: Trevor Story, Joey Gallo. Pete Alonzo, Matt Olson, maybe not. Juan Soto, obviously Otani. Like, those are some of the biggest stars in the game. That gives the home run derby just like that sweet, sweet edge. I'd have to agree with you. I wish, though, I wish, kind of like, you know, how there's a senior tour for the PGA. Like, there's usually a, a senior champion at every golf tournament. I wish that there was a senior tour for the home run derby. So like if we got a little appetizer with just like four old guys trying to hit, like they had Ken Griffey Jr. out there to give the trophy to Pete Alonzo when he won. Like let's get a little home run derby going between Mark McGuire, Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds. and Sammy Sosa. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Sammy Sosa would get invited back. So like David Ortiz, Let's get those four guys out there just now. Their current version of themselves as like a little appetizer, you know, 15 swings each. And we and we have an old guy home run derby champion every year. That would be pretty sweet. That would be pretty sweet. You might have to uh, send, some, send an email to MLB marketing or something. I don't know. Somehow get that like out there. Pitches. Just tweet at them. Just tweet at them. We need an old guy home run derby. That'd be pretty sweet. I I would actually that would, would be must it. watch. To see Ken Griffey Jr. hit one more home run, even if it's just in a home run derby like practice gimmick, I'd I'd still get chills, you know? I'd want to see that swing out there getting after it. For sure. As I said earlier, the all-star game, not really, not really anything too exciting. Vlad Guerrero went yard. That was about the most exciting thing that went down. Otani went hitless. Just really disappointing. Didn't even strike a guy out on the mound. So nothing, no memorable Otani moments. No ones to put in the scrapbook. So I guess we can just kind of gloss over the all-star game. That'll do it for this podcast. Really appreciate everyone who's been listening to the pod, subscribing to the pod. We'll have more next week. It's going to be an exciting week next week on the Wild wow Sports Podcast. I can tell you that. Very excited to get our next guest on the podcast. So really appreciate everyone who's been rating and reviewing the podcast as well. Don't forget, if you want to follow myself or Robert on Twitter, Robert is at rmunoz307, holding it down for the Cowboys State. I am at Mr. David Graff. You can connect with us on there as well. Really appreciate everyone who's also thrown a few shekels to the podcast. It's never hurt anybody. It's helped Robert enjoy a few Miller lights 
over the past couple of months and myself. I I have enjoyed those Miller Lights with Robert. Never a bad time to crack open a Miller Light, especially with friends. Shout out to Shakewell for the music. We'll be back next week. Question my